You're listening to Backstage at Lyric, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes at Lyric Opera of Chicago. Backstage at Lyric features in-depth interviews with singers, conductors, and creative talents at one of the world's great opera companies. For additional podcast interviews, subscribe to our RSS feed or visit us online at lyricopera.org. Soprano Aaron Wall, mezzo-soprano Elizabeth Deschamps, tenor Sean Mathie, and baritone Lucas Meacham are backstage at Lyric. It's so well-written and so perfectly scored that the more real everyone is, I think, with their emotions and their intentions and everything, the comedy finds itself. It fills itself in. It's there. It's just waiting for you to find it. If you're real, it all comes to life. Thank you for downloading this episode of Backstage at Lyric. I'm Roger Pines of Lyric Opera of Chicago. For the roles of the four lovers in Britain's A Midsummer Night's Dream, it's vital to have youthful artists who have beautiful voices, fabulous musicianship, expert acting ability, wonderful communication in the English language, and of course, terrific chemistry on stage. At Lyric, we have an ideal quartet. Aaron Wall as Helena, Elizabeth Deschamps as Hermia, Sean Mathie as Lysander, and Lucas Meacham as Demetrius. My colleague for the Lyric Opera broadcast, George Preston, recently sat down with all four of these singers to talk about their roles in A Midsummer Night's Dream, which is having its Lyric Opera premiere this season. Before we get to that conversation, here's a brief synopsis of the opera. Helena loves Demetrius. Demetrius loves Hermia. And Hermia and Lysander love each other. Hermia's father has ordered her to marry Demetrius, so Hermia and Lysander have fled to the forest, where Helena and Demetrius follow them in hot pursuit. Meanwhile, Oberon, the fairy king, has a serious argument with his queen, Titania. Oberon attempts to get the better of her by sprinkling the juice from a magic flower on the sleeping Titania's eyes to make her love the first person she sees when she awakens. This turns out to be Bottom the Weaver. He's in the forest with his friends, rehearsing a play intended for Duke Theseus's wedding. The problem is that, to amuse himself, Oberon's mischievous attendant, Puck, has magically put a donkey's head on Bottom. After observing the four mortal lovers, Oberon orders Puck to use the magic flower to turn Demetrius's attention to Helena. Puck sprinkles the flower on the wrong eyes, the result being that Demetrius and Lysander now both love Helena. The situation is finally resolved. Hermia and Lysander are united, as are Helena and Demetrius, as well as Oberon and Titania. Bottom and his fellow tradesmen perform their very amusing play for the wedding of Duke Theseus to Queen Hippolyta. In retiring for the night, all are oblivious to the presence of the fairies, as the fairy king and queen bless the house. Now, here's George Preston in conversation with Aaron Wall, Elizabeth Deschamps, Sean Mathy, and Lucas Meacham. I hope you enjoy their conversation. We're talking with the four lovers, Elizabeth Deschamps as Hermia, Aaron Wall as Helena, Sean Mathy as Lysander, and Lucas Meacham as Demetrius. In the play of A Midsummer Night's Dream, the lovers often play their parts for laughs. There can be a lot of slapstick, a lot of fun. That's not so easy to do in Britain's opera, though, because of the frustration and angst that's inherent in this score. 
I mean, how do you guys feel about your parts here? Britain has a very specific idea of who you guys are. What are your ideas about your parts and the journey that you're going on? My idea about these parts is that they're sort of more than the play. They're much more of, of a serious part because everything that you do, you have to be serious. When when they put the, the flower juice love, love potion in your eyes, you have to sell yourself 100%. I love that woman over there, you know? And you have to just love her with as much love as you can. And if you, as soon as you try and be silly with it, it's unbelievable. Because it's already pretty unbelievable as plot-wise, you know. So as long as you can stay within the bounds of what Shakespeare's given you and what Britain has given you from Shakespeare, then I think it's you can pull it off. But if you go past that and try and put in any, any hijinks, then you can really lose a lot of audience focus. So it has to be very cordoned off and serious. Yeah, you know? it's, it's so well written and so perfectly scored that the more real everyone is, I think, with their emotions and their intentions and everything, the comedy finds itself. Yeah. It, it fills itself in. It's yeah. there. It's just waiting for you to find it. But it, if you're real, it all comes to life. You're in this enchanted forest. Weird things are happening to you. Do you ever feel scared in your parts? Only in a, probably in a musical sense that we can, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we can all be to, to together and be heard because we are we're doing some. It's I find I've done the show only once before, but it's always a physically challenging show because we're we're constantly in motion, constantly moving, fighting, running running through the forest, and so you know to to combine that with the singing that we're required to do is it's it's definitely a challenge. So I'm just. <laughs> If I get through it and get all the get it get it all there by the end, then I'm happy. So there's almost no time to be scared. So, and environmentally, I think it's referring to are, are we afraid in terms of the environment, of the scenery, or the, the setting, or anything like that? It's that's not the case because it's I find it to be very soothing, color wise. <laughs> so uh, good feng shui. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. good. It's, it, it lends itself to a sense of tranquility, which I think the more of which we have, the better. Uh, based on some of the things we've been talking about. <laughs> well, it is a huge ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. I think especially for the four of you. What do you sing to audition for Britain's Midsummer Night's Dream for these roles? It's not like there's an aria for any of you, really. That's a great question. <laughs> that is a very good question. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that any of us actually auditioned for these parts. They just, you know, they knew us and they, they thought... You know, this person could probably do this really well. I'm sure that's how we all got this yeah, job. Yeah, probably in casting yeah. this show, a casting director would have to extrapolate from other things mm-hmm. that he's saying. Although yeah. my husband is a casting director at another opera company, and he has told me that people have come in to sing Injurious Hermia, that two or three pages of <laughs> Helena's music as an aria. But it's so short, you you kind of blink and it's almost over. So <laughs> You have need a couple yeah. of arias to show the extremes of register yeah. that all of our, our roles exhibit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What's the most challenging part of this score for you? For me, I would say it's when I'm going to sleep the first time uh, and I have to wake up as I've just had my the, the love potion put into my eyes and that's when I wake up to Helena when she wonders if I'm dead or alive. And after having, after having been lying down for that segment <laughs> to stand up and to cut into <laughs> to a dramatic patch of music, uh, it's... And by the time I get to that to the end of that scene, to try to physically characterize it and to try to be <laughs> real within the physical characterizations, it's exhausting. 
and you just kind of keep your fingers crossed and try to pace yourself while you're uh, under the influence and you just you just go for it I don't find it physically demanding as much as I do. There's one spot when we all sing together when it goes into that 3-8. Oh. And, you know, if she cannot entry, I can't compel. I say I love her more than nothing. Oh, yeah. yeah and there's this yeah. Uh, that, quartet, and yeah. Basically, whenever I have to think, <laughs> oh, God, I should really look at the conductor right now, that, that's, when it's, <laughs> that's when it's getting difficult for me. And yeah. the only time I think that is right there every time. I'm like, all right, how fast is he going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> so, that, uh, that is probably one of the most yeah, challenging parts. None of us are looking at each other. We're all like oh, right, right on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and if one of us goes wrong, I think the others. It's a, yeah. Oh, it it's would, trouble. It would quickly derail because so, mm. we're all we all have to be right on on track. But luckily, we've been perfect up to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a wood veneer. That's yeah. A wood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, let's go through what actually happens. Uh, Lysander Lysander and Hermia are in love with each other Correct Mm -hmm. Demetrius is also in love with Hermia Correct Helena is in love with Demetrius Who wants nothing to do with her Until the magic flower juice goes into his eyes He's a disdainful youth So by the end of it There's a lot of kerfuffle here By the end of it Hermia and Lysander are happily together and uh, Helena's really been put through the ringer. I really do feel for her in this <laughs> in this show, uh, being pulled this way and that, with nobody loving her, then everybody loving her, and then. But it works out finally. But Demetrius, by the end of this opera, is Demetrius still enchanted by the magic fairy flower juice? Absolutely. Yeah. He's the only one who really doesn't wake up, right? I never wake up, yeah, and it's sort of disconcerting, actually. Hey, you know, if you think about it, I'm the worst person in this piece, but I'm not supposed to be the villain. You know, I say the most horrible things to her, the most degrading things, and and I literally say, I wish I'm going to leave you here for the wild beasts to kill you. You know, and I and but I but yet I'm not really the villain. It's like I either want to be a hundred percent villain or just not not. I don't want to dabble in villain vile things you know I just want to either be, want to be all the way or not at all so it's sort of it's tough for me yeah. <laughs> but you end up making her happy anyway well, I make her happy and I end up being tricked into being happy by the potion well but whatever you floats know, your boat so. yeah, yeah well hey what, exactly what you don't know won't hurt you I guess so <laughs> what is the most uh, beautiful and rewarding part of this score for each of you to sing we've well, talked about how hard some of it is but there are some real just moments of sublime beauty in the score as well. I like listening to everybody else's parts. Yeah, we have fairy envy, I think. Yeah, I think we do. For those parts. Yeah, yeah. Just the final chorus. Oh, with the children. It's, great. it's beautiful. Exceptional. Our, really our waking music, our though, yeah. is really, yeah. that's really great. It is. I'd say that we have so little, as a group, we have so little legato moments, mm. like really beautiful line legato musical moments, that any time that actually happens, those are my favorite moments. Like, I'm like, oh, there's my voice. I'm not just going, tick, 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 you know. It's like, and then you sort of just are able to let it out and, you know, breathe easy. Yeah. Did any of you go back and look at the original Shakespeare? I mean, it's original Shakespeare just with a lot of cuts, for this opera, masterfully put together this libretto. But did you study the original play and bring anything into it for your uh, uh, conception, your portrayals here? 
Well, I don't know that I brought so much to the table because it's all a lot of the characterization stuff's already in there. And if it's not, it's sort of hard to bring in because it's it's. I mean, it doesn't all line up as as you know. Some things happen in different orders, but you know, it basically tells itself pretty well. But yes, I read it, and yes, it was very informative. But it hasn't really changed much uh, character-wise because Britain, you know, has got it all. It's all in there. Yeah. Do you think these lovers? know that they're being manipulated by supernatural powers, do these young people believe in fairies? Based on our material alone, it's really hard to tell because we never interact with them, not even a little bit, that we're aware, that the boys do, but they're not aware of it. Huh. In this production, no, I've seen it oh, where, yeah. you know, certain things start flying around the stick, because Puck picks things up, and, you know, yeah, we can't yeah. see Puck, but he'll pick something up, and it'll just be flying around, or something of that nature. Yeah, but in this production, it's pretty um, non... We, we don't have that knowledge, no. I'd no. say. I mean, there's certain po- moments where we get stuck on something that is something like the, the big drop cloth, the plastic cloth in the middle of the stage that breathes the entire time the show's going yeah. on. We we're still convinced it's something real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we. Yeah, I don't think we're in, in this production. We're we're def- as characters, we're definitely not aware of it. And it's so important that you build a sense of ensemble among the four of you. So, are you guys hanging out? Yeah. Going out eating, having a few beers, whatever, with each other, just to sort of get that vibe going. Yes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Here well, there. we like each other. That's always a yeah, start. Yeah, that's a good yeah. thing. That's a good <laughs> thing. At least some of us have known each other, you know, for a few years here and there, worked yeah. together before. Right. <laughs> yeah. Some of us have it. So, it's all good. Thank you so much, cool. Elizabeth Deshong, Aaron Wall, Sean Matthew, Luke Smeacham. Great to talk with all of you. You as well. Thanks Thank for you. Having us. You've been listening to Backstage at Lyric, the podcast that takes you behind the curtain at Lyric Opera of Chicago. For additional interactive content and to order tickets, visit us online at lyricopera.org.